It is indeed a pleasure for me to be here today. I, uh, I thank Pastor Rob. I know that he was looking for somebody who was here when the church was founded in 1930, and he looked at me and thought that that was the case. However, I wasn't here when it was founded, but uh, I would be remiss if I did not say a word of appreciation and thanks to this great church. In 1982, you took a uh, you took a big step in that you invited a 32-year-old redheaded preacher from Skytook to come and be your pastor. And God did some wonderful things during those days, but I want you to know that God did some wonderful things in me and my family. Uh, who we are today is uh, in response to who you were in our lives. And so I want you to know how much I appreciate the investment of this great church in us. In fact, I don't think I could have been uh, the person to lead Oklahoma Baptist if I had not had the opportunity to be here at Northwest Baptist and have the, the great men of this church invest in my life and the women of this church to pray and encourage and stand with us and to teach our children, both of whom now are in ministry themselves. And so, thank you. As we come together on this celebration of 90 years, in the great church where they love a feller. Uh, today, we want to take the opportunity to uh, lay a foundation, uh, relay the foundation, if you will, to what God has set before this great church. But Pastor Rob asked me to, to do a very specific thing, and I'm going to do that today. And that is to preach from, uh, from a text that, that gives us the insight into the truth of God's word and the responsibility of the preacher and the church because the fact of the matter is at the center of every Baptist church this people call the people of the book is the preaching of God's Word so when I, I want to ask you to open your Bibles with me to 2nd Timothy chapter 3 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and we're actually going to sort of interrupt a bit I guess Paul is giving instruction to young Timothy Timothy was a pastor at Ephesus, and he was one of Paul's sons in the ministry. In fact, of all the people that Paul invested in, he invested most in this young preacher, Timothy. And so Paul writes to him some very uh, wonderful truths in 1 Timothy, his first letter to him, and then in 2 Timothy. And frankly, it is one of the most personal letters that you find in the Scripture. So Paul writes to him, and here's what he says to him. I want us to begin reading in verse 14. We start out with what I consider to be one of the greatest and most important words in all of Scripture. He says, but you. It is the strongest adversative in the, in the Greek language. But this is what others have done. But, but listen, Timothy, this is what I want you to understand. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All, not some, but all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. That word means adequate or sufficient. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or the woman of God may be, 
be complete and equipped for every good work. Paul's speaking specifically to Timothy, but I, I assure you what he is saying applies to all of us. And then he gives a very strong personal word to Timothy. Listen to it. I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready, be urgent, in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. And I wish you'd have left this part out, but this is what he tells those of us who are preachers and pastors. To exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. I'm not going to have time to, to spend on this, but, but notice he says that they, they turn to those who will help them to be able to satisfy their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. But as for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and in essence, fulfill your ministry. Now here's why he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, the winner's crown, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who love his appearing. Now, I don't know if anybody has ever asked you this question before, but I have been asked it many times across the years. Sometimes it's a relationship to what I would say to my children, or sometimes what I would say to a young preacher, but I've been asked this question, and I rather suspect you have as well. If you only had one piece of advice that you could give to your children, what would you say to them? Or as I have been asked many times, if you only had one piece of advice to give to a young preacher, what would you say? Now, it really points to a very important truth, and that is that it, it causes you to center everything down to one main idea, one main thing. And in essence, that's what Paul is doing here. Paul has written to young Timothy. He's invested in his life. But Paul gives us a hint of why this is such an important word to him. And that is this. But the fact of the matter is, Paul says, my departure is at hand. Paul is saying, this is not just good advice. This is my last word to you, Timothy. I'm getting ready to say to you something that is so important because when I look at all the things that I have invested in you and all the things that I have taught you, I want you to hear from me, this is the most important thing. They're getting ready to take me, and, and ultimately they will take Paul, and they will cut his head off for the sake of the gospel. And Paul knew his time was short on this earth. And that's why he says, I want you to know, I, I have done what I set out to do. 
I've completed my part of the ministry, but Timothy, I want you to take up the mantle and I want you to carry it forward. And this is my one piece of advice to you. Indeed, more than advice, this is my charge to you. And it is simple. Preach the word. Now that is a powerful truth. And it's a powerful truth not just to young preachers or to old preachers for that matter. It is a powerful truth for the church. What Paul is saying is not just so that Timothy may hear it, but rather it is God's word that has been handed down to us. And Paul would say to to Northwest Baptist Church today, the most significant and powerful thing that can happen in this church is that the word of God be preached. Now listen, this church was founded on the preaching of the word. It has been the central part of everything that has happened over these 90 years. And when the church has been strong, it has been strong because the man who stood in this place proclaimed the infallible and errant word of God. He preached the word. And when we have weak, been weak, it is when we have failed to fulfill that responsibility. So I say to us today here at Northwest Baptist, listen, as we start a new decade, our commitment must remain and we must renew that commitment that our task in this church, to this community, is to preach the word. Now, Paul puts it in a very powerful context. In fact, I, I'm true to being a preacher. I've got three points this morning. And my very first one is simply this. Here's what Paul says to Timothy. Don't miss this. Now, you've heard preachers and you've heard other speakers who say this word to you. They'll say, now listen, if you forget everything else I say today, don't forget this. Or if you miss everything else I have to say, don't miss the point I'm about to make. That's really what Paul is saying to Timothy. Timothy, if you forget everything else that I have said to you, don't miss this. If you don't comprehend all the other truths that I've laid down for you and the charges that I have given to you because I have given you many, don't miss this one. And he puts it in strong terminology. Listen to how he says it. He says, I charge you before God and Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and whose kingdom is coming, Timothy, preach the word. Now listen, that, that, is a, that is a strong, powerful truth. In fact, this word charge is the idea of a person who is testifying under oath. But Paul would say to you, listen, my friend, I, I'm not simply testifying in a court of law. I'm not just testifying to a, a jury. I'm not just testifying in front of a judge. No, I want you to know I am testifying in front of God himself. Timothy, what I'm about to say to you is in line with the perfect will of God. It is the truth that God has placed in my heart. And here is my charge. Preach the word. Now, involved in his charge is, a, is two very clear truths. First of all, Paul is saying to you, Paul, Timothy, I want you to know, here's why you must preach the truth. Because the people to whom you speak are going to one day stand before the judge of heaven and earth. One day, they're going to have to give an account for their life. One day, 
they are going to be divided between those who are saved and those who are lost. So Timothy, preach the word. Because the very eternal balance hangs before you. When the people to whom you speak are people whose eternity is in balance. Timothy, you don't have time to simply talk about politics and talk about the newest philosophies and the newest idea that comes down. You don't have time to help people to find out how they can have their best life ever. Because listen, listen my friend, you can experience the best life ever on this earth and spend an eternity separated from God. No, no, Paul is saying, Timothy, preach the word. And the reason is because you need to declare the marvelous, incredible good news of Jesus Christ. That men and women who are lost in their sin, who have absolutely no hope for an eternity in heaven, that these are the ones who need to hear again and again this eternal, wonderful truth of God. Preach the word to them that they might hear of the Savior and of his wonderful goodness and grace toward them. Paul says, Timothy, you don't have time for other things. No, no, make, make preaching the word the central of your life, the central part of your life and your ministry. But there's, a, but there's a second idea attached to this. Paul is saying, not just, Timothy, it's those who hear you, but the fact of the matter is, Timothy, one day you will stand before God. Now listen, folks, I, I don't know how you think about that, but sometimes people say, well, I, I wish I had that preacher's job. He only works one day a week. Well, you know better than that, and so do I. But when you get to wanting to be the preacher, remember this. The Bible is very clear that those of us who stand in this place, whose responsibility is to preach the unsearchable riches of God's wonderful word, that those of us who stand in this place, we are going to stand to a higher judgment because we have been entrusted, as Paul says in the first part of this text, of this book, we have been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul would say to Timothy, Timothy, you, you need to preach the word and you need to preach it because you are preaching as Richard Baxter, the old uh, Puritan said, Timothy, you're preaching as a dying man to dying men. And one day you're going to be held accountable for what you have said. Listen, that's why, that's why it is not our responsibility to simply tickle ears, but we are to preach the unmitigated truth of God, the undulterated truth job of the preacher in the pulpit, the, the job that is to be done here at Northwest Baptist Church in the next decade and beyond until Jesus comes, is for the man of God, like your Pastor Rob, to stand here and open the book and speak to you the, the very words of God himself. So he says, this is my charge. Preach the word. Preach the word. Now, there's a second thing I would say to you that I think is very important that he says to Timothy. It's not only, Timothy, don't miss this. Get it right. Listen to what I am saying to you. But he says, Timothy, it is important that you get your priority right. You know, so there are a lot of priorities in the church. There are a lot of good things that we do, and all of them are important. Do not misunderstand. Every one of them are important to us. But I want you to know that there is nothing in the church of the living God that is more important than the consistent, powerful, Holy Spirit-anointed preaching 
of the Word of God. That's why, that's why Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, you preach the Word. Now, now let's look at that for just a moment. Paul says, Timothy, preach. Now that word preach is a word herald. It comes out of the context of the, the people of Paul's day knew it very well. When the emperor had a decree that he wanted to make, he would send out a herald who would go into all the towns and the communities, and he would go to the, to the marketplace or to the, to the town square. Sometimes he would carry a trumpet, and he'd blow that trumpet, and he would call all the people to come to the town square, and then he would be there to make an announcement from the emperor. By the way, he wasn't there to argue the announcement. He wasn't there to give us an opinion about what he thought the announcement, whether it was good or bad. No, no, his responsibility was announce the decree of the emperor and to call people to obey it. That's the task of a preacher. The pastor, the man who stands in the pulpit, who, who declares the wonderful truth of God, our job is to preach the word. It is to declare the truth of God. Listen, we're, we're not here. I sometimes hear people, you know, say, well, I like that preacher because he was funny. Let me tell you something. Nothing wrong with using humor in the pulpit. I've used it all through the years. But our job is not to come and entertain people and tell good jokes. Our job is not to amuse people. It's not to somehow stir their intellectual and stimulate them intellectually to think about and to discuss how many angels can dance on the head of a needle? No, listen, our job is not to amuse or to amaze by our oratorical skills. Our job is to simply preach the word. We are the herald. We are to announce the truth, the good news of a God who loves and cares, who sent his son to die on a cross. Our job is to preach the word of God. We're not to give our opinion and to argue about it because we have something more important. Listen, listen, when Pastor Rob stands here, you listen to him because he is announcing to you the eternal, incredible, awesome good news of Christ. And he is announcing to you the word of God and calling you into obedience. Preach, he says. Preach the word. fact of the matter is, our job is not to talk to people about what's on our heart or what we desire to say. No, no, our job is to preach the Word. I've learned this across the years. Now, I've been preaching now in almost 52 years. And the fact of the matter is that I have learned that people can live without hearing my opinion. In fact, I've never had anybody die because they couldn't hear what I thought about something. But here's what I know. They can live without hearing my opinion, but what they cannot live without is the Word of God. In fact, do you remember Jesus when he was tempted, and Satan kept tempting him, and Jesus just simply quoted the Scripture, the Word of God. And, and, and so Jesus said on, on one of the temptations, the very first one, he said it like this. He said, listen, man does not live by bread alone but rather out of, the, out of the very words that come out of the mouth of God. So that the fundamental truth is that we need to hear 
the word of God. Now, Paul helps us with this. He makes it very clear. He calls uh, the scripture, he calls it the sacred writings. He calls it earlier in the book, the truth. He calls it the gospel. But it all boils down to this. When we preach, we are preaching the God-breathed word of God. How wonderful, how incredible that God loves us and cares enough for us that he would, he would give us this book, that he would superintend its writing, he would superintend it coming together, and he would give us this, this wonderful book, this book that is his words, this book that is, that is sent through human instrumentality, but it is by the work of the Holy Spirit. It is God-breathed. That's what he says in chapter 3. And so when a pastor preaches, he's not, he's not preaching what he thinks. He's, his job is to preach the Word of God, the, the infallible, inerrant Word of God. Why is it infallible and inerrant? I'll tell you why. Because it comes from the mouth of the infallible and inerrant God himself. Well, listen, I'm glad I, I don't have to come before you and try to, try to somehow come up with something to say. I hear preachers sometimes saying, well, I, I just don't know. I, I can't find a sermon. Well, I just want to say to them, go to the book. Go to God's Word. Find a spot, open it up, and preach the Word of God to people. This infallible, inerrant truth. It is the Word of God. I like what Augustine said, one of the church fathers. He said, when Scripture speaks, God speaks. And that is so true. Listen, preach the Word, he says preach God's word. But he also gives us another insight in chapter 3. It is not just God's word, but it is, it is a sufficient word. Now, he uses the word in this particular translation. He said it is profitable. That word can be translated profitable or sufficient or adequate. I, I like the word sufficient. Here's what he's saying. When a preacher preaches the word of God, he is preaching the whole counsel of God, and when he does so, he is helping the people who are before him to hear a word from God himself. And that word has the ability to touch that person out there who is suffering and hurting. That word has the ability to, to speak to a person who is confused and wondering which direction to go. That word has the ability to speak into the heart of someone who has lost their way. That word has the ability to, to speak to a lost person who is, who is unsaved and who is headed for an eternity without Christ. Preach the word, he says, because it is sufficient and adequate. Look in the latter part of chapter 3, because here's what he says. He says, I want you to understand something. This word is sufficient for salvation. It, it makes wise Paul says to Timothy, you've learned it from your very childhood. Your, your mother and grandmother taught it to you. I have taught it to you. Timothy, know that when you preach the word, you're preaching the word that will make people wise to salvation. Listen, that's why Paul said to the Corinthian church, listen, I, I didn't come to you in order to try to wow you by my ability to preach or to somehow try to, to become an eloquent uh, speaker. I came to you with one purpose. And that is to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the risen Savior who is coming again. Paul said, I have no other truth. I have no other message but to come to you and preach Jesus Christ 
Well, listen, I, I love to preach the gospel. I, I remember sometimes as a pastor that I would, I would think about, well, I, my people who are standing and f- sitting in front of me, they, they've heard the gospel. Most of them have been in church, many of them, all of their lives. But here's what I've learned in my own heart. I love to hear a preacher preach the gospel. I love to hear him raise, lift Jesus up as the only hope and the only way to salvation. I I love to hear the gospel, and I'll tell you why. Because it resonates in my heart. I was once a lost sinner, but Jesus came in the the Holy Spirit and brought conviction in my heart. I was a nine-year-old boy, but I'm telling you, I love to hear the gospel because Jesus Christ is my only hope. I was saved by the preaching of the gospel. And every time I hear the gospel, my heart lights up and there is joy because I know this Savior. And listen, my friend, if you're listening today and, and you've never come to know Christ as your personal Savior, you, you've never, by faith, trusted Christ to save you. Listen, this word is powerful and truthful to bring you to salvation Turn to Christ today. That's why Paul says to Timothy, preach the word, because the word is sufficient to bring salvation in the soul of a lost sinner. But he says it is also sufficient for discipleship. I mean, look at what he says in verse 16. I don't have time to go into all of that except to say to you, here's what he's saying, that it has the ability to help the child of God grow and mature in their faith. This is what Jerry and Marilyn have been doing in Northwest Baptist Church all these years. It's not simply telling you or getting you into a system. They have been teaching you to memorize and to study the Word of God and let the Word of God flow over your life. And why? Because it is the Word of God that trains you up into righteous living, that grows you in your faith, that sustains you through dark times and, and encourages you in the way that you should walk. Well, Paul says, I, I, it is adequate, it is sufficient, this Word of God, because it has the ability to mature you and disciple you. But he says it's also sufficient because it equips you for ministry, for service. Now, he's speaking directly to Timothy. He's saying that any man of God, listen, I've I got to tell you something. Uh, I hold a, a bachelor's, a master's, and a doctorate. And two of those degrees are focused on the Word of God. But listen, it doesn't matter how many degrees you had. Listen, if you don't stay in the book on a consistent basis, if the preacher lets his time in the Word go by the wayside, he will become nothing but a a clanging symbol. He'll have nothing powerful to say because it is the Word of God that prepares him and equips him. By the way, that is true of every believer. Listen to me, dear church member. Well, listen, you need to sit under the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God over and over again. You need to be consistent in it. You need to be consistent in your quiet time. Why? Because it prepares you to do the good works of God through your life. God is counting on you. He's calling you to serve others. And it is the Word of God that shapes that very service. Paul says, don't miss this. And Timothy Get your priorities right. But he has one other thing to to say to young Timothy. He says, Timothy, do it this way. He, He doesn't leave Timothy to figure out how to preach or what to preach. He tells him exactly what to do. And he gives him direction in how he is to do it. 
it is important for me to preach this to you as the church today because you need to understand and accept the reality of, of, uh, of how your pastor, his responsibility is. Sometimes you say, well, I don't, I don't like, in fact, I remember my grandfather said to me one time, he said, son, you're, you're uh, scalding the people a little, a little too much. I understand that, and he was giving me good advice. But sometimes when you preach the word, the responsibility is not for you as a preacher to straighten people out, but for the word to straighten them out. My very first church, I remember I had a, a deacon, and I've been blessed by some of the greatest deacons in the world across the years, but I had a deacon who was Andre. I was 19 years old, and I figured I could straighten him out. And when I got in the pulpit, I would preach. And when I preached, you might as well, I might as well have called his name because everybody in that little congregation knew exactly to who I was talking about. Let me tell you something, that was not my job. I failed God in that responsibility. But I was to preach the truth of the Word and let the Word do the surgery in that man's heart. And that's what your pastor has to do. That's what any pastor is responsible for. So Paul said, here's the way you preach the Word. Let me just touch on it. He says, first of all, preach the Word consistently be ready. Consistently be urgent. He says, preach the Word in season and out of season. Some translations say, when it is welcome and when it is unwelcome. And any preacher has preached one sermon, I assure you, but if he has preached for 52 years as I have, I can tell you there have been times when the congregation did not want to hear what was being said, not from him, but from the Word of God. In fact, Paul points in, down in, in verses uh, 3 and 4, he says, you need to understand something, Timothy. There are going to be people who don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't want to hear the Word of God. They want to hear the Word of God because the Word of God brings conviction in their heart and, and the Word of God points them in the right direction and they want to live an ungodly life. They don't want to hear it. They'd rather have their ears tickled. They'd rather be listening to some, some new idea or some new truth, so to speak. Hmm. Paul says, Timothy, you be instant in it. You stay by the stuff. You remember God said to Isaiah, Isaiah, you're going to go to a people that are not going to hear what you have to say. But Isaiah, and you will spend an eternity in hell. But there's good news. Jesus loves you. Come to him. Preach it, he says. And rebuke. And then the last one that I, I really want to set aside and not say much about, it says, patiently exhort. Those of you who were here during my pastor know I'm not a very patient person. I'm a type A personality, which is hard to figure out, isn't it? And Paula used to say to me, you know, you're going to keep going through this same scenario because God is testing your patience and you're flunking the test. I understand that. But every preacher, every pastor, Timothy in Ephesus, when you preach, you are to exhort, you are to encourage. Come along. This word is the word come alongside. And you are to encourage them. Makrothumia is the idea of slow burn. You're to, you're to stay with them and walk beside them, encourage them, admonish them, call them to walk with Jesus. Oh, listen, this old apostle ready to die looks at young Timothy and he says, Timothy, 
my one last advice to you, the one that is preeminent about all the other things that I have taught you. Preach the word. Preach the word. Because when you do, sinners will be converted. Christians will be renewed. Lives will be changed. Preach the word. Listen, as Northwest Baptist moves into a new decade of ministry, I pray that this pulpit will be the central part of ministry. That from this pulpit, the word of God will go forth Sunday after Sunday. That the center of all the ministry of this church be focused on the proclamation of the inerrant, infallible word of God. Here's what I know. Throughout history, when preaching has flourished, the church has flourished. You say, well, okay, preacher. That's good for the preacher. No, no, it's good for the church. So now the question is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? The herald has proclaimed the word. How are you going to respond to the word today? Since seated there in, in your family room or in your living room, you may be listening today and you say, I heard you talk about Jesus dying on a cross. And I've heard that before, but I, I don't know him. I've never trusted him. I've never given my heart to him. Listen, my friend, I invite you today to call on the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, when you do, you will be saved. Wherever you are today, hearing my voice, would you be willing to say, I'm a sinner. And I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to Jesus. Because one day I'm going to stand in judgment before God. And I want to know that my sins are forgiven. My hope is in heaven. Oh, come to Jesus today. That's the truth of this word. Come to Jesus today if you've never trusted him. A church member. Listen, there's a word for you today. There's a need for you to respond. And that word is this. As a member of this great church, will you hold the arms of your pastor up? Will you, will you pray for him that when he stands and opens the book, the Word of God, that he will preach with power and with the demonstration of power, as Paul says it. Will you pray for him? Will you listen with fresh ears? Will you hear the truth that he proclaims from the Word of God? And will you respond to it when God speaks into your heart? Church member, Will you set yourself to hearing the truth of God's word and responding to it? I want to ask you to bow your heads with me. Northwest Baptist members, would you just right where you are, would you pray and say, Oh God, bless my pastor. Use Pastor Rob to preach the word. Will you right where you are? Will you simply say, God, would you give me fresh ears? 
My pastor will be a better preacher when I'm a better listener. Oh God, give me ears to hear your word. And my friend, if you're watching today and you've never trusted Christ, would you pray this simple prayer? Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I have rebelled against you. I've gone my own way. Forgive me. And will you come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior? I surrender to you today. I put all of my faith in you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, my friend. You've trusted Christ as your Savior. Would you, would you contact the church? Would you, would you let us know so that we can communicate with you and send you information that will help you and get you started in the Christian life? And will you, when the days come that we can once again gather together, would you come and you will sit and listen as the preacher preaches the Word? God bless you.